0: You are listening to the Sound the War Cry podcast, episode 28, Get Your Medical Supplies, part three. From people of faith, hope, courage, and lots of knowledge, welcome to the Sound the War Cry podcast. We are your source for inspiration, motivation, and practical advice from faith-based leaders to help you mentally and physically prepare for the unforeseen days that lie ahead in our world. Please note that our viewpoints are merely for your entertainment and do not represent the LDS Church or any faith-based Christian religion. Welcome back to the Sound the Warfight podcast. I am your host, Heather Mitchell. And today, we're going to get right back into our medical kits. Now, if you recall from the last episode, that was part two, we started to get into the medical, medical kits just a little bit, and now we're moving into the advanced medical kit. So what I'd like you to do is if you'd like to create an advanced medical kit for your home or for your family or just to have in case of an emergency, it might be a good idea to grab a pen and a piece of paper right now As I go through, the items you would keep in an advanced medical kit. Now, this is designed for someone with extensive medical training and would allow one to cope with 90% of the common medical problems, including some surgery, spinal and regional anesthesia, and general anesthesia with ketamine, treating most common infections and medical problems and moderate trauma. This list it might be a little bit extreme, but it is designed for a well-trained person in a worst-case scenario. Even though it's a long list, and it is, okay, it all packs down. This sort of amount of equipment packs into two medium-sized nylon multi-compartment bags and a Plano Rigid 747 box. Medical personnel treating people in an austere situation must triage. Be careful of using up a limited amount of supplies. If basic devices are not sufficient to stabilize someone, then they are likely to die regardless. Learn to triage and treat those you can save. I would like to add here, it might be a good idea to just, let me put a plug into your brain for getting your paramedic license. Just a paramedic, whatever certification program you got to go through to get that, I think we've looked into it in the past, my husband, and it's maybe three to four thousand dollars. I think he was saying, um, I could be wrong, but look into it, and if you can have the skills and training that a paramedic or EMT EMT would have this box would help you tremendously because you'd know how to use everything perfectly. Okay, so the first thing we're gonna do is put in the bandages and the dressings. You're gonna need a large gauze, small gauze squares, combat dressings, petroleum gauze squares, plastic bags, band-aids, assorted sizes and shapes, elastoplast dressing, sterile strips, assorted sizes, Tincture of benzoine, or benzoin, or benzoin, I guess it's called. Ben- B-E-N-Z-O-I-N, ben- benzoin. Roller, uh, elasticized plus cotton bandages, 2-inch slash 4-inch slash 6-inch. Triangular bandages, safety pins, cotton buds, paper tape, half inch slash one inch. Sleek tape, half inch slash one inch. Plaster of Paris or fiberglass. Roller bandages, four inch slash six inch eye patches. Those are the bandages and dressings you'll need. Now for the airway. Oropharyngeal airways. Oropharyngeal. O-R-O-P-H-A-R-Y-N-G-E-A-L. Airways. Nasal airways. Um, In parentheses, it says nasal trumpet. Resuscitation face mask with one-way valve. Self-inflating resuscitation bag. Endotracheal tube slash laryngoscope. Uh, laryngeal mask airway in parentheses it says lma then we have a category called assessment here's what you'll need to assess somebody's situation a blood pressure cuff a stethoscope an otoscope small torch flat which would be like a flashlight thermometer multi-dip urine test strips, multi-dip urine test strips, pregnancy test kits, fluorescence in eye strips plus some liquid tears to wet the strips, other, you're going to need small eye magnet for FBs, space blanket, air splints, arm slash long leg slash short leg Sam splints, S-A-M all capital letters, do not know what that is sterile and unsterile latex gloves scrub suits now we're talking about the IV kit here's what you'll need normal saline or Hartman's this next word I'm going to spell H-A-E-M-A-C-C-E-L K or Pentaspan, a colloid resuscitation fluid. IV giving sets, maxi sets plus standard sets, blood collection bags plus filter giving sets, syringes two slash five slash ten slash twenty ML milliliter needles. 20 slash 22 slash 24 and uh, gauge gauge I think that's spelled gauge g-a-u-g-e sometimes I get confused when I see words like that I'm like is it gauze it's not gauze but they spell the g-a-u and then they have the letter this is gauge ivy cannula c-a-n-n-u-l-a-s 16 slash 20 slash 24 gauge Spinal needles, 22 gauge. Lure, L-E-U-R, locks, or heparin locks. Saline for flushes. Tourniquet, T-O-U-R-N-I-Q-U-E-T. And alcohol wipes. Wow, I mean, some of these medical terms, how the heck do they come up with these names and spellings? I mean, how do you pronounce them? This is why I'm in the holistic um, medical field myself. Dental kit. Oil of cloves which is just clove oil, my friends, zinc oxide paste, dental mirror, sharp probe, compactor, extraction forceps, elevators, your surgical kit, the Mayo scissors, disinfecting forceps, small plus medium needle holders, small curved clamps, small straight clamps, large curved clamps, scalpel handle plus blades, sizes 11, 12, and 15 or disposable scalpels, Small bone saw. Lift out obstetric forceps. Okay. Lift out. Lift dash out obstetric forceps. Emergency obstetric kit includes cord clamps, bulb suction, etc. Suture material. Vicryl 0 slash 2 dash 0. Chromic 0 comma 2 dash 0. Dermalon, 0,2-0. Surgical stapler and remover. Heimlich flutter valve. Chest drains. Various sizes. Drainage bottles or flutter valves. Penrose drains. Folly urethral catheters. 16 French. Most useful size. Urine bags. Nasogastric tubes plus spigots. Heavy-duty scissors. Medications. Okay, I know there's people out there listening. You're falling asleep. You can't handle this anymore. I need you to hang tight with me, okay? Um, This is really the last little section I have on the advanced medical kit is the medications. Stay with me. Take a deep breath in. So let's stay awake for just this last part. Okay, here we go. Providone. Iodone prep, antiseptic skin prep, and/or alcohol prep, antiseptic skin prep, chlorhexidine, and cetramide. That was all just one bullet right there. The next bullet: antiseptic hand wash. The next bullet: 2% benzalkonium chloride, anti-rabies. It says to avoid eye contact. Antibacterial soap. Paracetamol, or acetaminophen, or oral mild analgesic. (sighs) You guys. (laughs) These words. Okay. Aspirin, oral wonder drug. Diclofenac, oral mode analgesic. N-A-S-I-D. Okay, seriously. Like, who's naming these words? Is it an alien from somewhere that they just dictated in a microphone and they, they tried to just spell out whatever this person this thing said why do they have these words nobody can pronounce them nalo okay naloxone i i uh naloxone iv antagonist to morphine morphine atrop atropine IV, pre-med, poison, anti, lignocaine, or lidocaine, um, IV, local anesthetic, metoclopramide, metoclopramide, parentheses, it says reglin, anti-emetic, augmentin, oral, IV, penicillin, antibiotic. Metronidazole. (laughs) Metronidazole oral. Anaerobic antibiotic. Cephalor oral. Cephalor oral. (laughs) Cephalosporin antibiotic. Cyprofloxacin oral. Kinolone Antibiotic, Mebedza, Mebendazole, Mebendazole, Mebendazole Oral Antiparasitic, TMP-SMX, Trimethoprim-Sulfa Antibiotic and Topical-Antifungal, Adrenaline, IVIM, USA equals Epinephrine, Salbutamol, inhaler, asthma, anaphylaxis. Rehydration formula dash dehydration. Benadryl and or claritin oral antihistamine. OTC cough suppressant. Solumendrol oral steroid. Hydrocortisone IV cream steroid. Loperamide oral antidiarrheal. Oxytocin. I knew that one, I've heard of that. Ecbolic for PPH, ergometrin, neomycin eye drops, prilocaine eye drops, local anesthetic, starotic drops, antibiotic eardrops, mupirosin bactrobam, topical antibacterial cream, gamma benzene hexachloride, topical for scabies and lice. Water for injection slash normal saline for injection and birth control options. Birth control options, just um, condoms, okay, that would be one that's safe for your hormones and body. Also, mastering the art of withdrawal is another in the event of an emergency, for sure. Okay, here we go. Surgical instruments now. Now we're getting into some more paragraph stuff. Maybe you'll understand me better. Okay. It says the above kits are general medical kits covering a multitude of medical problems and some of them contain surgical instruments. However, commonly asked questions relate specifically to surgical instruments. What and how many of them are required for various levels of surgical procedures? Below is a detailed list of surgical instruments with four levels of increasing complexity. Note that each level builds on the one before it. This instrument list reflects our own preferences and experience under austere conditions. There are many other instruments that would be helpful, for example, ring forceps to hold sponges, larger retractors, etc. But they are not considered vital. This is the bare minimum. So what is it? Let's find out. Needle holders. They are shaped like scissors, but instead of having a cutting surface, they have two opposed plates with gloves cut into them and are designed to hold the needle and stop it rolling or slipping as you sew. Once you have gripped the needle, a ratchet holds the tips locked so the needle does not move. A ratchet holds the tips locked so the needle does not move. All right, um, it's the hemostat clips/slash clamps. Similar in shape to needle holders, but the tips are designed to clamp onto tissue and and to hold it. They have the same ratchet mechanism to keep them locked and attached once they are once they are attached. They are used to clip bleeding blood vessels or hold onto tissues you are working with. There is a massive range of sizes and shapes depending on what they are designed to clip or clamp. Forceps and Dissectors. They are shaped like traditional tweezers and come in various sizes. They, have, um, they either have small teeth on their tips or are smooth tipped. They are designed to handle tissues and to help you move tissues around, such as when suturing. Scissors. These are self-explanatory. Retractors. These are designed to hold tissues out of the way so that you can see what you are doing. They come in a huge range of sizes and shapes depending on what part of the body you are working on. Skin hooks or small right angle retractors are most suitable for most minor wound repairs. Okay, so now we have the level one field wound repair kit. Okay. Here's where I'm actually going to send you guys to the link to print off the book. It's this, what I'm about, I'm not even going to read it. I'm just going to tell you where I am in the book. 9-14, that's chapter 9-14, page 14 of chapter 9. You will see the the level 1 filled wound repair kit, the level 2 basic suture tray, and the level 3 procedure kit all right there. I'm not even going to read it. Okay. Let's go to the next page then in our book. We have level four major procedures kit. It's quite the list as well, if you want to look into that. Okay, let's see here. There's websites um, that there are you can go check out. There are a few books, there are hundreds of good options, but here's a few they mention on page 9-17. Real-life medical situations. Let's look at some real-life possibilities and what to do about them, assuming that there is no doctor or hospital available. Remember that if trained medical help is available, one should always consider this course first, as many conditions can be made worse by incorrect diagnosis and treatment. Ah, so much pressure on us to do this right. Hypothermia. Believe it or not, hypothermia, the condition where the body temperature is lowered below normal, Kills more people in survival stress situations than does gunfire, wild animal attacks, poisonous reptiles, and spiders, wounds, or drowning. Hypothermia has many causes, from shock following an accident, to remaining outside in cold weather without adequate clothing or shelter, to getting dunked in icy water, even for short periods of time. It is definitely something to watch for in any survival situation. Identifying hypothermia can be a problem with the uninitiated as it comes on slowly and the person still can walk and talk. But, by paying careful attention, one can usually notice body shaking, paleness, and a tendency towards poor judgment and or speech that doesn't make sense. Taking the victim's temperature, you will quickly see that it is subnormal hypothermia must be treated vigorously and immediately. Warmth is the key. As the body has lost its ability to warm itself, simply putting a blanket around the person is not enough. Build a warm fire. If the victim is wet, get them into warm dry clothes quickly. Warm a blanket or sleeping bag and then wrap it around them while they sit or lie in front of the fire. If they are not too bad a warm drink often helps but do not give them anything to eat or drink to to a victim that is dazed or unconscious if nothing else is available have one or more persons crawl into a sleeping bag or blankets to provide bodily warmth to the victim then keep the person warm and dry until they are fully recovered okay The next section that I will read when I come back to you next time is all about treating wounds and how to do that. We'll go into treating wounds, we'll do colds and flus, we'll do sprains. Um, What else will we do? Slivers and spines. We'll do a brief note about airway management equipment. Okay, and that's what we'll do for Um, the next the next time we're together because that's really all you guys that I can put up with today I mean this stuff is fascinating and we want to be ready but you have to be in the mindset to hear this and it has to excite you and if if it's not you're not ready for it you might be you might be one of the few listening still you've come to the end of this episode and you're still excited you wish I would keep going but I'm not going to you're my people right now. The ones who wish I would keep going. Don't worry. I'm coming back soon. We're going to finish this up. We're actually not going to finish this up, but we're going to get through more of it. And this is an important section, guys. We have to know our medical. We got to know what to do in the event of an emergency or crisis where people are dying. People are hurt. People are injured. How do we treat and heal these people so that they live and that we can be there to support them during this time. Okay. All right. Hope that this was helpful for you. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend as always, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode. I really appreciate it when you rate and review the show. Share it with a friend or a neighbor, someone whom this could help. And if you happen to know any emergency preparedness specialists, any people out there who are interesting or have something to say about the last days, some knowledge about uh, what's going on, I want to interview them. I want to talk to them. So you can email me and I believe the email address is in the notes of this podcast, the show notes. So just scroll down and you should see that in the notes on this podcast on whichever app you're listening to this on. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.